Thank you for joining us today on the Annex Podcast, hosted and presented by the Building Christian Fellowship. At the building, we build our faith, hope, and love in Jesus by having a real, relevant relationship with Him. And what better way for us to get closer to God than to learn more about Him through His Word? We pray you enjoy this message. Good morning, good morning. TBCF, are y'all ready to be empowered and infused with hope this morning? Well, y'all don't sound like it this morning. Look, I'm Pastor Donald, the teaching pastor here at the Building Christian Fellowship, and we are continuing on in our series of the the hope quotient, and uh, this morning, our subject is unleashing hope in the church. Unleashing hope in the church. And as you can see, we're going to be doing another panel for you guys. But uh, this one, I'm excited about. Because for the first time in forever, for the first time in forever, man, we are going to be blessed to be able to hear directly, quote unquote, from the horse's mouth, our pastors, Pastor John and Pastor Kaya, here at the Building Christian Fellowship. Could you please give them a warm welcome as they come this morning? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Y'all can do better than that. I don't know if you guys understand the magnitude of what it is that we're celebrating right now. I believe that that We're looking at a situation that was as good as dead. We're looking at a situation that only God, the power of God, could have brought forth. Money couldn't buy it. No deals on the stock exchange. We couldn't have sold all of our goods to make happen what God made happen here. So we get to hear this morning straight from our pastors, because I think that's a great way for us to, nothing but a walking miracle of God. Hold on. I need you guys to understand that it's not just the miracle of pastor getting a new heart, but Pastor Kaya has actually walked through something that the average woman would have broke down and been gone about. I don't think you guys understand. So you're looking at two miracles right here, the two that have become one. Go on and have a seat before I I keep going. Hallelujah. Man, I don't think y'all understand. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. 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 Hope against hope. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you. Man, you know what? So so before I jump into asking you guys questions, we gotta we gotta kind of go through a timeline. I know that this is not the time that we're gonna talk and go in depth as to what you guys experienced while you guys weren't here, but we need to we need to kind of backtrack because because we're unleashing hope. And so we need to, to 
allow the people, those that are maybe uh, eavesdropping on us, because I know that some of y'all are out there. Some of y'all, y'all watch us and y'all don't comment. Y'all don't say nothing. Y'all, y'all just we see you though. eavesdropping, but we see you. We know you out there in the interwebs peeking in on what we're doing, what God is doing. You know what I'm saying? But, but, but if you can, can you guys kind of give us a little bit of a timeline as to going here? So TBF started when? 2009, June. June 2009. Okay. Now, Pastor, please explain to us just real quick what the condition is that you were diagnosed with prior to starting the church. What was it? It was called idiopathic dilated cardiomyopathy. In layman's terms, what's that mean? What does that mean? I had an enlarged heart. An enlarged heart. Wow. <laughs> okay. Big heart for a man after God's own heart. Yeah. Yeah. And so with this, this condition, this condition means literally means life or death eventually, correct? Correct. Okay. So you basically got a diagnosis of death, and how many what, what year was it that you got the diagnosis? 2004. 2004. So five years after getting a diagnosis of death, you decided to give God a yes and start a church of all things. Pretty much. Okay. And so that's where, that's where everybody here is sitting right now in the church that you said yes to God about after receiving a diagnosis of death. Yes. Okay. Just making sure that we're tracking right. Okay. So fast forward, I believe it was 2020. 2020. Was that summer of 2020? Yeah. Yes. What month was that? June. June 2020, you had a stroke. Yes. And as, as a, a result of that stroke, what happened? I wasn't able to talk. Lost his speech. Lost his speech. God does a miracle, brings back your speech within a matter of a few days, right? About, about a few days. So you had a stroke at the beginning of the week. By the weekend, you got your speech back. Yes. Okay. Fast forward. What month was it? August. Was it August? I feel like it was August. Was it August? So a couple months later. Yeah. Second stroke. Second stroke. Second stroke. And this is all, this is all as a result of the condition that you had, the heart condition, correct? Okay. Um, meanwhile, this is in the midst of a pandemic, in the midst of, of uh, states ordering churches to close their doors and stop worshiping. Can we see that there's like a pattern here, that there's, there's things that are, that, that there's a, a lot of opposition that's been coming against this, this whole situation? So in August, you have your second stroke. What was the, what was the impact of this stroke? I lost my sight. Lost his sight. Mm. Lost speech, got it back. Lost sight, got it back. And yet still remain faithful to the yes that you gave God. 
I know people that, that, done, that done lost less than that. God is faithful. Is he not? God is faithful. So we're talking about unleashing hope in the church. I don't know if, you, if, if, if that hasn't infused you with hope. I don't know if that, if that hasn't infused you with hope, you, you must be dead. But hopefully, hopefully, there'll be a resurrection that takes place by the end of this, this service. Amen? Hallelujah. So what's interesting about this is that fast forward after the two strokes um, to this summer, you received a new heart. You received a new heart, which means, I don't know if, if y'all understand what that means. That means somebody had to give up the ghost in order for that to happen. And we, and we praise God for that, that offering and that sacrifice yeah. um, that you're a recipient of. Yeah. Meanwhile, with all this going on, the church still continues to go forth, yes. continue yeah. to grow. And that was because of which you guys as leaders instilled in the body of believers here at the Building Christian Fellowship, that we were able to, to have the vision plain enough to where we could keep it before us so that way we could read it and run by it. Amen? Amen? So what has happened as a result of that, because I'm, I'm, I know I've given you an introduction, but I want you guys to introduce yourselves because what's happened because of a result of that, while you guys were gone, there have been people that have been added to the church yeah. that never knew who you were. So please go ahead and introduce yourselves and reintroduce yourselves to the Building Christian Fellowship. Okay. Hello, my name is Pastor Kaya, and I am the helpmeet of this guy. And um, I take my position of a helpmeet very seriously. Come on. Because the Lord has called me to help him meet a standard in his life. Um, when the Lord had him in mind and had the vision in mind and had the call in mind, he also had the help in mind. Yeah. And because I know that, I know that there's grace and there's provision for me to do what I'm supposed to do for him in order to glorify God. So my name is Pastor Kaya, and I am his helpmeet. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Man. <laughs> How can you not be successful with a helpmate like this? And I, I just want to say, as I'm listening to you, just being in this place right now, just, honey, listening to what you're saying, is everybody hears what you're saying and how God is great, but a lot of people don't understand the fight. Come on, man. The fight that's in this woman. There is a fight, a tenacity, a strength, a power that is in this woman that has kept me going, and not just kept me going, but keeping her family going. Yeah. Keeping are her a household going and keeping a church going. So just you may be looking at all the, the glitz and the glam, but you need to understand that there's been a fight and there's been some scars and there's some, some things that are on it. As the, as the scripture says, I bear the marks of Christ Jesus in my body. And that is my wife. And I just wanted to say that, honey. You, thank you. Thank you. Amen. By the way, I'm Pastor John R. Butcher Sr., the R stands for random, and I am very random. And since everything, we're going to double the R because you're really random really as of lately. Random, yeah. 
really random. So look, so as we, as we proceed with this, I'm, I'm going to just start off with this. One of the things from the Hope Quotient that they talked about with Hope-fueled fueled churches, it says, one of the marks of a Hope-fueled church is taking God-honoring risks. Taking God-honoring risks. And so we just talked about your condition, the fact that you guys, in the, in the midst of knowing that, that there's a diagnosis of death, in the midst of never having really been in ministry as, as pastors, before that you answer the call to God to go and start a church in Susun of all places, uh, basically virtually the Nazareth of California. Can anything good come from Nazareth? That's what they asked in the Bible. Can anything good come from it? And the answer, of course, that we know, yeah, Jesus came from Nazareth. And so we know that Jesus is in Susun, and that's what you guys decided to do with your yes. So my question to you is... What were your hopes in becoming pastors and starting the Building Christian Fellowship? Mm. I know we only got so much time because the randomness is starting to kick in. Yeah, we go. We, we between both of us up here, we go. We got you. We go. All right. We're gonna keep you on the tracks. Our hopes of becoming a pastor, I think, more like, I mean, if you guys know us and know the story. For us, and you know, Kai and I, we decided that when we ventured out to start what you now see, we came out just doing a Bible study. And for the Bible study, we, we had a group of people decided to go other places because we just had hopes of going somewhere to serve. Yeah. And we just hoped to find a place. But every place we went to, we just didn't fit in. Mm-hmm. And People have spoken over our lives and stuff like that. And I'm just one of those guys that's like, yeah, right, okay. But the Lord never really told me, you're going to be pastors. So I never really had the hope to become a pastor. The hope that was in both of us was just to serve. That was the hope that we had is, man, God, just give us a place where we could serve and get connected and and, and, and with like-minded people, a place that had community, a place that where people knew of real relevant relationships that that was something that God birthed in my heart and and I remember in uh I think it was in June 2004 is when I got the diagnosis but the day I got that diagnosis I was praying I was at, at work and the Lord said to me he says this sickness is not unto death but for the glory of God come on man you guys know that Scripture isn't just for a season. The word is forever. It's eternal. It's living. And when God speaks a word into you, he means it for the rest of your life, not for just this season God has spoken. No, he speaks it over your life for you to walk it through until the end of your life. And I sat down and I was like, okay, who's sick? I remember hearing this sick is not, the sickness is not unto death. So what I ended up doing is I started praying for somebody that was sick. I said, somebody in my family's sick. And I was hoping that somebody in my family would get healed. And then I go out to my doctor's appointment because I work at a, a, a clinic. And there's the day I, I came out and said, you're sick. And I guess that sickness person was me. <laughs> Boom. So to go on with that, at that point, I just remembered saying, man, if we're going to do this with the Bible study, we need to keep going. And I had a guy come to me one day and introduce me to somebody else. We're just walking around. And he said, you're my pastor. He said, hey, this is my pastor. Right. And I was like, um, excuse me? And I was like, dude, I'm not a pastor. The guy says, yes, you are. 
I said, no, I'm not. He goes, you pour into me, you disciple me, you love me, you tell me the truth, you, you preach the word to me, you are my pastor. And so at this time, we, every Sunday, we'd have a line of cars outside of our house, and they would say, hey, we're going to come with you guys to whatever church you picked to go to that Sunday. And so every time we'd show up to a church, we'd show up to with like 40 people. I'm like, hey, these, this is, John was like, hi, I'm John, this is my wife, Kai, and these are all our friends, and we're just looking for a church. And so we would be first-time visitors of like 45 people everywhere we went. And everywhere we went, we were like, we'd, we'd go to lunch afterwards, and be like, what do you guys think? We're like, uh, it just it wasn't it. And about a couple of months of doing that, I believe it was like one of those lunch dates. We were like, well, maybe we are it. And maybe that's what it is. Yeah. And so those Bible studies in our living room on our couch became, uh, it, it turned into a church. Mm -hmm. And I remember before we accepted that call, I remember I had a dream and I had a vision that John and I worked at a restaurant. And it was like a really small, like pizzeria, Italian type restaurant. And I remember John and I, we had these white towels over our arms. And so we were really serious about making sure everybody felt welcome and every table was taken care of. And I remember that. And I remember the, the cloth. Um, and when I woke up, I told John about my dream. And he interprets dreams, if you guys know. If you guys ever have, like, weird dreams, call Pastor John. He'll, he'll be like, what the Lord is saying is. <laughs> so I remember after I told him about the dream, he says, that's what the Lord, that's the heart the Lord wants us to have with the church, the building. We're just servants. We're just, so they're coming there to eat of the food, and it's not us. It's the Lord. It's the living bread. But we are there to be sure that they're, they have a place to sit. They feel welcomed, that it's a hospital, that they'll get help, that they'll get fed, and that they feel welcomed. And so since then, we've carried that heart of that dream of just being servants. Yeah, a place that would be filled with hope, uh, a place that's filled with real relevant relationships. Yeah. Uh, not with just Jesus, but with people. Our hopes would, that be, would be that we would make things simple. We like to kiss. Yeah. And that's an acronym for some of you guys, so don't be kissing people. <laughs> it means keep, keep it simple, saints. That's what we wanted here. We wanted a place, and our hopes was that people would come. And listen, you guys, I don't know about you, that some people in here have been in church all their life, and they know church like anything else, but they have never really know Jesus. Yeah, no church, but not the Bible. Right, or so... The Jesus that the Bible talks about. Right. So we wanted to show people what Jesus really looked like. That's why you get so many people. There's an exodus of people leaving the church, and we didn't want that. We was like, no, this is what the real church looks like. And I, my hope and our hope for this church, not even back when we decided to start it, because, you know, I was going to read the scripture in 1 Corinthians 3 and 9, is, is for we are God's fellow workers. You are God's field. You are God's building. And that's where we started the building because we got to build these relationships. We got to build hope and love and, and, you know, all that stuff. So that was our hopes for doing this. I mean, I can talk about it all day, but. We'll but you don't have all day. Yes. <laughs> Praise God. No, but what, what I hear you guys saying is, is that you just, you had a heart of service. And, and when, as you guys were talking about that, about having a heart to serve, it reminds me, I believe it's in Isaiah where he prophesied and said that, that, the, thus saith the Lord, that I will give you shepherds after my own heart. And as we know, when Jesus came, he said, I, I, I came to serve, not to be served. Right? right. right? And so that's, that's uh, it, it makes all the sense in the world that God didn't have to tell you that you are pastors. No, he said, go serve. And, and, that's, what, and that's what happened. So, yeah, that's, that's dope. Um, so, Acts 2, uh, 
verses 44 through 47 says this. It says, and all those who had believed in Jesus as Savior were together and had all things in common, considering their possessions to belong to the group as a whole. And they began selling their property and possessions and were sharing the proceeds with all the other believers as anyone had need. Day after day, they met in the temple area, continuing with one mind and breaking bread in various private homes. They were eating their meals together with joy and generous hearts, praising God continually and having favor with all the people. And the Lord kept adding to their number daily those who were being saved. So my question to you is this. I'm going to ask Pastor Kaya this. Pastor Kaya, um, the church as of lately, you know, we, we see all these, these conflicts, these, you know, uh, these back and forth, these debates about the church because the church that we see being advertised is always about uh, we're, 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 uh, we're against this and, and they're not known for what they're for but known what they're against and it's caused a lot of friction in the, in the case of evangelism and so on and so forth, people are being repelled from the church, not being compelled to come into the church. And uh, we just read in Acts how it talked about that the church had favor with, with God and man, right? And uh, the church here in America doesn't really seem like it's had a whole lot of that as of lately. And so my question to you is looking at the early church in Acts, what did they do and get right that the church today may need to start doing and apply? Yeah, the first thought I had was about in Matthew chapter 16, when Jesus says that um, you have to deny yourself, pick up your cross daily and follow me. And so Jesus came to disciple a nation into learning how to undo what the flesh has taught us how to do every day of our lives. And that is first to deny ourselves to pick up the cross that Jesus has given us or the Jesus that Jesus is calling us to and to then follow him. And I believe when we look in the, in, in the text in Acts chapter 2, 45 through 47, we see a people that had an inner experience that created an outer response. Okay? So it, it talked about what happened when they became the church. They begin to deny themselves. They begin to sell their possessions. They begin to see the needs around them, and they begin to share what they had with other people, and that doesn't come naturally. We can look in Galatians and we'll see all the manifestations of the flesh and none of the manifestations of the flesh includes sharing or caring (laughs) about those people around you. And so in Acts, what they got right was when the inner experience happens, an outer response happens. I believe that Jesus didn't come for us to just save us to be able to go to work every day and provide for our family. Come on. It has to be more than that. An inner experience shows outwardly when we're looking around like... I see a need. Let's go and meet it. Oh, I don't have enough. Well, let's sell something. Mm, come on, man. Right. Come on. Let's look and let's create the revenue that we need in order to, com- to uh, impact our community. So the favor, not just with God, but with man happened because they saw a church denying themselves, picking up their cross and following Jesus because if they didn't have it, they sold it and they made up the need to be able to not just meet their needs, but to meet the needs of the community. And that is where the favor with man and with God happens because they're like, look, they're not just in church huddling together, talking about, look at us, look at us, look at us. We got it right. We going to heaven. They begin to pour out of the church and figure out what the needs are in the community. 
And so in John chapter 13, 35, it says, by this all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. It's our love that it is able to display and, and um, create the image that, um, that we saw in Acts chapter 2, 45 through 47. Amen. Amen. Go, ahead, go ahead, Pastor John. You wanna... No, I was just sitting there thinking about when you look at the original church, everybody looks for a blueprint of what the church is and what it's become nowadays, the blueprint. We are so far off as a nation what, of what the blueprint is in Acts. If, you, if, if you're going to start a church, if I'm going to talk to any pastor or anybody that's listening to us um, via the internet or whatever, if you want to look to start a church, stop going anywhere else. Well, I can, I can help you get 10,000 members. I can help you do this. I can build this and build that. No, stop. Just go to the Bible. It's that easy. The word of God, and it tells you exactly what you should do. And that's what Acts chapter 2 is telling all of us. This is what it is. And that's where we have to get back to as a church, keeping things simple. Yeah. Because church is just a place for a community of people that believe on Jesus Christ. Right. And not sitting in a place over, you know, sitting over that good news. We should be getting charged up and going out. How do you think communities got big and well, not in the churches getting big, but getting big outside, like in Susun. Right. Susun needs revival right yeah, now. Revival is what happened in Acts chapter 2. Yeah. That's what God said, daily, yeah. not weekly. Mm -hmm. He said daily people were being added to the church, not the building Christian fellowship, but the church, the, the, the universal mm -hmm. body of Christ. Right. And that's how I think we're, we should be doing. Right. And as a community way. of the church, we, when we come to church and we come and we assemble ourselves together, according to Hebrews 10 and 25, forsake not the assembly, forsake not the assembly, mm -hmm. forsake not the assembly. And the reason why that's so important and the reason why the Lord pushes that is because when we assemble together, it teaches us how to get our eyes off of our own needs well, and what we need and what we got and what right. I would desire and what I want to be. Help me move my eyes up to see what's going on around me. And when we stick together, it helps us not to be so selfish. What does the Bible say? In the last days, people will be lovers, lovers of, of themselves. themselves. Why, is, why would they become lovers of themselves? Because they've forgotten the assembly. Now, all of a sudden, I'm the church. I don't have to be. I don't have to go to church. I go to church online, and actually, I'm making pancakes, and I eat it, and I take a nap during service while I'm watching it online. No, forsake not the assembly of yourselves. Because if we disciple ourselves to prioritize the assembly, I won't be in danger of being lovers of myself. Wow. That, that, was, that was a mouthful. When, when you were talking about that, like people that, that, that profess that they don't need, that I'm the church, I, I, I got a vision of, of, of what's, what's, his, uh, what's the, the thing from uh, Adam's family? Was, is that the hand, the thing? Yeah, the thing. That's, that's why I got a bunch of things running around, like a bunch of just rogue things running around. Nobody. 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 No head. Just hands and just nobody, right? <laughs> um, okay, so I'm asking you both this question. As pastors, you deal not only in the personal lives of those in the congregation, but also have your own personal lives, which a lot of people don't realize, Right? You have your own personal lives to manage. How do you as pastors keep your hope level up? This is a really good question. I really want to answer this question. You go ahead, hon. Because <laughs> I want to tell you guys something. Don't mistake my hope for my strength. Don't mistake my happiness for my hope. 
Don't mistake my, my uh, yeah, don't, don't mistake my strength for my hope. My hope is always up. But there's mm. been times where I'm battling depression. I'm low. Come on. But my hope remains. Come on. And why does my hope remain? Because my hope is tied to, G my emotions may be tied to what's going on around me. My husband's in the hospital bed, and he, I'm feeling like he's ready to tap. Mm. Come on. I've been low. Come on, Kyle. But my hope has been anchored to Jesus, All and right. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Since he hasn't moved, my hope hasn't moved. My happiness might be low. My strength might be low. But my hope is anchored to Jesus because he's not changing. Psalms, you guys, Psalms chapter 27, verse 13, 14. Let me give you this. Psalms chapter, uh, chapter 27, 13 through 14. It says this. I would have lost heart. Come on. I would have lost heart. Come on. Unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. And he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. That is an image. That's a picture of he will strengthen your heart. Why will he strengthen your heart? Because I'm low. My happiness, my joy seems bankrupt. But wait on the Lord. Have hope anchored to Jesus. Because he's when you're anchored to Jesus, he's going to strengthen your hope. I mean, he's going to strengthen your heart. He's going to strengthen your, your strength. He's going to strengthen my joy. He's going to strengthen my peace. All those things are all over the place. But my hope yeah. is consistent. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Don't jump ship because you think, oh, joy is bankrupt. That's it. That's it. That's it. It's all over. No, my hope remains because Jesus hasn't tapped out. Therefore, I haven't. There are many times that my happiness had been depleted, but I still got my hope. Many times I felt bankrupt on strength, but I still had my hope. My hope is that I will see the promises the Lord has given me because I have heard, believed, and received the good news. That is the picture of hope. Our hope is anchored to Jesus Christ alone, not the performance of our kids, because guess what? They get crazy. Come on, come on. They lose their minds. And if my hope was tied to me having beautiful, pristine kids, count me out. But my hope is tied to Jesus. If my hope was tied to my job who celebrates me and says that I'm the best thing since sliced bread and then all Come of a sudden on. a new manager comes in and he's like, I don't think I need you. Come on. If my hope was tied to my job, count me out. Uh -oh. Come on. But my hope is tied to Jesus Christ who was the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. Therefore, my hope shall remain always. Fire. Wow. Wow. Um. It's like, what do you do after that? <laughs> Altar call. That's if you <laughs> praise the Lord. I got a quick question for you guys. How many people in here, you know, you hear my wife and, and it's fire. It's like, yes. But at, even after you hear that, you're like, but I've lost hope. Has anybody ever felt that way? Yeah. Even when you'll leave here, you probably feel like that was great, but I've given up. I've given up on a, a husband or a wife. I've given up on a child and, and I, I've given up on living. That was personal. Yeah. Um, was it Romans chapter 8, 
25, it says, um, but if we hope for what we do not have yet, we wait with, with patience or wait patiently. And that's great that I'm going to wait patiently, but I had lost hope. Yeah. Let's just be real. And I just want to tell you guys something. If you're in here today and you don't have hope, like you've just given up, it's okay to have given up. But I'm going to give you something today that you can carry because maybe you don't have the strength for your hope. But I'm going to tell you today because God created community. And you might be hurting. You're just right now. He's like, I can't make it. I'm not going to go. I, I'm better off out. I just want to, I want to give up the ghost. I want to be with Jesus. I want to go. But just guess what? In that stuff, that, those voices that are talking to you, those things that try to tell you to give up hope, I'm going to ch challenge you. Find somebody else that's given up hope. You go to them and start praying for them. Because when you start praying for them, Somebody else is praying for you. Yeah. And then that other person is praying for them. Yeah. And that kind of thing will happen. That's when things come together. That when people rejoice together, we all rejoice. Yeah. When we mourn, we all mourn together. But guess what? When I was laying in the bed and I didn't have strength, yeah. come on. when I had given up hope, the church yes. began to pray because I gave up hope. My wife was trying to say the words to keep me alive. Yeah. But you, the church, yep. while you were trying to have hope for your own self, you put away your selfishness. You put away the things that you were, were, were worrying, the things that you wanted. You're like, yeah. maybe, maybe my dad or maybe my son or maybe my, my loved one is sick or gone out in the world or they're on drugs or whatever. Yeah, I've been praying for them, but right now I'm going to put away what I want right now and I'm going to meet another need for somebody else. Yeah. And I'm going to pray on their behalf yeah. Yeah. that they will wait patiently yeah. for the hope that they have in their lives. And that's what we saw. We saw people that were sick in their own stuff calling Man. and saying, I'm praying for Pastor John right now. And they had a tenacity. They had a tenacity and a, and a fervor about them. And the thing is that that strength comes to meet us in our weakness. Mm. And the same happens for you. Yeah. When you meet your, when you have those weak moments, Dare you not be alone? What does the Bible say? It says that when a man walks alone, who's going to pick him up? Who's going to be there to pick you up? Guess what? Because we, we hit those walls, you guys. But the Lord has designed community right. so that when your, when your weakness shows up, my strength is there. Yeah. I'm full that day. I'm full and I'm ready to, I'm ready to pray heaven down. Let's do it. But when I'm weak, because of community, you're strong that day. You're ready to stand on, my, on our behalf. And so in the way we keep our hope up, we have our hope tied to Jesus and we prioritize the things that the Lord has called us to prioritize. Right, right. And that is his church, the hope of the world. Yeah. Why is the church the hope of the world? Because if we're alone, guess what? We shrivel up and we die. We can, we can be left alone with our Bible, but guess what? We can never walk out its commandments because its commandments involves other people Come on. the Come anointing on. that's on your life involves other people 
It's like you have all these gifts and all these tools, but you ain't got no, you ain't got no wood. You ain't got no nails. All you got is a hammer. Forsake not the fellow, the assembly of yourselves, as is the manner of such. Hebrews 10 and 25, tattoo it. Go ahead and tattoo it to your shoulder if you want so that you won't forget. But the things that the Lord has called us to and the things that the Lord has put in us to come out, like rivers of living water, guess what? It's for other people to drink of. Right. Amen. Amen. That's, that's interesting because I, I, I just recently saw somebody post something about how uh, uh, a dead battery can't be charged by another dead battery. Mm. You know, we, we, we are called to, to keep our light on. And sometimes we just sit and we, we have to sit still. We're not always driving with our lights on. We're the vehicle, but we're not always moving. We got to keep our lights on. And even if that means sitting there keeping our lights on, eventually the battery will run out. But then all it needs is a jump to, 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 be, to be back on again. But uh, it, we do. We need community. We're created for community and nothing less. That's really good that you pointed out about the fact that we got gifts, talents, and abilities, and they're not meant for ourselves. Right. They're meant for, for, the, for the good of others and for the glory of God, right. Right? right? And so it's important for us to, to understand that a church is, is a community of families, right? We're, so, so this leads us into our next question. Um, the saying goes, strong men build strong marriages. Strong marriages build strong families. Strong families build strong churches. And strong churches build strong communities. What? is your hope for the legacy of TBCF and its impact on the city of Susun? Yeah, I just want to start with that we always say that our biggest hope for the Building Christian Fellowship is that the Building Christian Fellowship will be a multi-generational church. Yeah. That when it is time that we are passing it on, that our children and our children's children will be a part of this church. That is our greatest desire. Yeah, I think Proverbs chapter 13, 22 says, a good man or woman leaves an inheritance to his children. Mm-hmm. And we all think about inheritance and what we're leaving our children. We think about houses and cars and, and you know, stock market stuff and all that stuff. No, what we like desire to see is that one day we're going to go on with the, go along to be with the Lord. But the legacy that we want to leave for the building Christian fellowship is a place that it's a church that where people come and get hope, a place where people learn about faith and hope and love and a real relevant relationship with Jesus Christ. And I, I really feel that um, for us, that legacy that we're, we're trying to leave and pass down is not just for y'all, but it's for people and the people that are to come, the people that are going to show up when they're like, man, here, these were the, fast, the, the founding pastors. You know, it might be 20 2050. I just want to make sure we might still be that alive back then. 2060. <laughs> Praise the Lord. But we want to leave that. So when people come in here, they realize that a legacy is something that you are being able to reach into and tap into for yourselves. Right. And that's what we want to do. Right. And we know that that starts in seed form. And so that starts at home. And it starts with our men. We're really big at the Building Christian Fellowship on men being king, priest, and prophet. It starts with the man. And so basically, it's like if the men have in their heart, in seed form, that if I am the man of God that I'm supposed to be at home and to my children, that's going to pour off 
and pour out into our church because we're going to be who we're supposed to be at church, Mm -hmm. and that's going to pour out into our community. Mm -hmm. And being uh, realizing that this hope starts in seed form and not uh, and, and continuing to be faithful in watering that seed. I agree. I agree with you. Um, and I got some notes here. I'm just going to go on. Can we? Go on. Thank you. That's what, like, preach, all right? I'm not going to hold you guys, but I just want to say this. Um, our hope for the legacy for the Building Christian Fellowship is this, is that God has better days for you ahead. Come on. Your future doesn't look like this. Your future right now, this moment, doesn't look like what God has planned for you. You know, Jeremiah 29 and 11, it says, For I know the plans that I have for you, saith the Lord. Uh, And it it goes on and says, um, Plans to prosper you and not harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future your future doesn't look like it what it is today i didn't think i was going to be here but look where i'm at now i thank god that i'm a living testimony but you all have testimonies that's the legacy that we leave is our testimonies for all of you guys here we want to leave a legacy of not being uh afraid to take risks some of you guys in here don't, don't take risks because you're worried about what people think about you. Or what, you know, some people in here have a gift to sing. Some people in here have a gift to, to uh, clean. Amen? Yeah. Some people have a gift to gather people. Like people they're like magnets and people are drawn to them. Mm-hmm. And that's that, the gift of charisma. Charisma is a gift. It is. And when we use it to the, to the glory of the Lord, like, yeah, you know people are drawn to you. It's for a reason. When they're drawn to you, lead them to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Don't lead them just to yourself. Lead them to Jesus. Exactly. And that's, you know, we want you to be kind of the kind of people that aren't afraid to share your faith. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially people that have charisma. Now, there's some people in here that got a lot of charisma. They're just, they're t- like uh, my wife said, they are attracted to you. But you have to understand, they're attracted to you, right? But they're, what they're really looking at is what's in you. Yes. Like moths are attracted to light. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. I know it sounds funny, but. <laughs> so, you know, we read Acts and we, we, we shared what we thought about Acts and everything else like that. But I also want to leave you, this, leave you with this, is the Building Christian Fellowship, the legacy that we want to leave is basically this, that we are a church that believes that cemeteries are the best places for resurrections. Yeah. You guys are like, okay, what are you talking about? Talk Be- about it. There's so many dead things in our lives right now, but this is a good place to come bring it. Because a cemetery is like a place where just death. Yeah. But we only think about death. No, the Building Christian Fellowship is a place that'll say this. After the third day, he rose from the dead and he ascended into heaven. There's an ascension that happens here at the Building Christian Fellowship. When you come in a place of community, when you come into a place where you find other people that are just like you, doing life together, I'm tired of doing that. Look, I can go to anywhere and there'll be a thousand people and I would never know one person's name. 
We need to be a church that, that people have problems, dead issues, dead things in their lives, but because we come together, things, what does it say? Uh, what is it? Something brings back to life? It's a, it's a commercial. You know what it is. GE brings good things to life. Yeah, something like that. You guys, you were supposed to help me, Atira. He's anyway. random. He's random. He's random. I'm random. He's random. But the, the being that the Building Christian Fellowship is a safe place, it's a safe place that maybe your faith did die a long time ago. Right. Like maybe, maybe the Lord used to be your first love. But honestly, you've been stagnant for a long time. Mm. Guess what? The building is a safe place. Nobody's looking at you like, wait a minute. It looks like you don't pray often. No. <laughs> no one's, no one's going to say that to you. You know why? Because this is where we, we build our faith. You guys, we build our hope again. Mm-hmm. We build love and we build real. Rel- it's a building place. And we're all at these different stages of building You know, some of us, maybe some of the elders, because of some of our experiences, some of the things we went through, or some of the things that we have decided not to to let go of. Because a lot of times, sometimes it's just a matter of not giving up. Mm. And that's where a lot of times our experiences are different. It's because one decided to tap out and the other one didn't. And a lot of times, being a leader, it doesn't mean that I know more than you. It's just I already know. You may quit, but I'm not. You may start showing up, but I'll be here every week. That may be the difference. So listen, this isn't a place where you come in and all these people, these talking heads come up on the platform and they know all this stuff. It's just, no, one has a resolve that I'm going to continue to build my faith. I'm going to continue to build my hope. I'm going to continue to build my love and real relevant relationships, whether, some, whether I get sick, whether I get a diagnosis of death, whether my kids start acting up. Guess what? My hope is still the same and I'm going to continue to build faith, hope, love, and a real relevant relationship. This is a building place and we're all in process. And it's okay, and it's a safe place, because guess what? Where you're weak, I'm strong. Where you're strong, I'm weak. But it's okay, because we're all building together. Amen. 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 Hope starts here. And here we grow. And here we grow. Yeah. Yes, sir. Look, man, as as we're coming to a close, um, you guys have shared some really awesome things. I, I I like the fact that you touched on what I was about to close with anyhow, which were, which were the, the, the five hope factors. Um, number one being the fact that believing that God, that, that believing God that there's better days ahead. I know for me, what's helped me maintain my hope personally is, is just like Pastor Kyle was saying, like my emotions might be tied in the circumstance and the situation that I'm in, but I've always maintained hope and I've always heard the voice of the Lord say that your story doesn't end like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is not the end of your story. And, and, and that would, would cause me to be able to, to muster up the fight within me to, be, to, to, to have the tenacity to be like, yeah, I, I refuse to let my story end like this. And we need to, de- to learn to develop that. And we learned to develop that by being around other believers. Like Pastor John said, when you're, when you're down, that's a good indication for you to go and help somebody else out. Right. Because it, it reciprocates. Um, so the first one is believe God has better days ahead. Yeah. Believe that God has better days ahead. The second one is take God honoring risks. You know, to, to, build, to build up your faith, to build up your hope, and to li- literally build up your love because faith and hope work by love. The, 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 it doesn't matter how much faith, how much hope you have. If you ain't got the love that, that causes it to work, the battery, the power, the dunamis that causes it to work, you might as well forget it and hang it up. And so for you to to really build up your love, you have to take 
risks. Love is an action. It's not just a feeling. Because there's people, there's, there's, there's people in my life that I've been called to love on that I don't feel like loving on at times. And I know some of y'all can relate to it. But we have to, if we want to honor God, we have to learn how to take risks that honor him and get involved. You sitting there, sitting back and, and seeing that, that how something could work better, but you just withholding? That's not God honoring. You need to take a risk and get involved and, and enlarge your circle. I know that from experience because I'm a master border builder. I'm a master boundary builder. And I build my walls and don't build them with gates. But I had to learn how to, how to build my walls with gates so that way I can let in who needs to be let in and let out who needs to be let out. Amen? So understand that you're going to have to take God-honoring risks. Amen? Um, secondly, or, or thirdly, I'm sorry. Thirdly, you need to learn how to unleash compassion. What do I mean by that? I mean that just as Pastor was talking about, some of us are afraid to, to, to evangelize. We're afraid to share our faith with somebody. And a lot of that has to do with the fact that we're too busy uh, growing in church and religiosity that we haven't grown in the word of God, that we haven't grown in Christ. Many of us grow in church, but we don't grow up in Christ. And that's why we, need, we have classes like EHS, where you can learn about yourself so you can learn about God. You can, you can be self-aware. And so what happened is when we look at Acts, the reason why they were good at evangelizing is because they understood that good deeds lead to goodwill, which leads to openness to the good news. What does that mean? That means that you go about doing good. You go about letting your light so shine so that, be, that, that way people can see that you are serving God and not yourselves. You're not, you're not uh, operating and functioning in your talents and your gifts to draw people to you. You're drawing, you're drawing people to God as long as you lift him up. And so you have, to, you have to make sure that you mix some good will and some good deeds so that way you can share the good news and be effective at it. Fourthly, you need to be known by what you're for and not what you're against. I know some of us are, are antagonistic by nature. Some of us like a good debate. It's easy to let somebody know what you're against. It's easy to go out there and say, man, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to die for this, but are you willing to live? Because that takes a commitment. Because there's going to be some days that you feel like, nah, I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think I have the will to go on. But yet you press on because hope remains. Listen, revival. Pastor touched on revival when he was just speaking today. He talked about how revival has been, has been assigned to the city of Susun. Here at the Building Christian Fellowship, we're making that our business to make sure that revival happens in the city of Susun. And revival doesn't happen when men become more religious. It happens when men become more like Christ. Did you hear what I said? It doesn't, it doesn't happen when we become more religious. It happens when we become more like Christ. That's when revival is going to happen. It happens when we lay down our lives, when we seek to serve and not be served. Amen? And lastly, this was my favorite quote that Pastor, that pastor mentioned, which was, resurrection works best in cemeteries. Some of you guys think that you're just going to a job. No, you're going to a cemetery. 
and you carry the resurrection power within you. You're not there just to, to punch a clock and earn a paycheck. You're there to cause dead things to come to life. God desires to, to, have, to, to use you as the vehicle and the means and the tools to bring dead things to life. When you go to the store, you go into a cemetery. There's dead things there. Some of you guys go to school, you're going to cemeteries. There's dead things there and you carry the resurrection power within you. If God can raise his son from the dead, that same power that defeated death can give you power to live. Amen? And let me finish with this. And you heard Pastor Kai say it, Hebrews chapter 10. We got that, we got that scripture. Hebrews 10, 25, not forsaking or neglecting to assemble together as believers as is the habit of some people. Some people have developed a bad habit of forsaking the fellowship. Some people, the perfect storm was the pandemic for them to forsake the fellowship. I was surprised to believe that we're already a year past it, a year and some change past it, and people are still using that as the excuse. Hold on, pastors, I don't want y'all to go. Okay. And they're using that as the excuse of forsaking the fellowship. Some of us in here that, that have, have not forsaken the fellowship, we need to realize that we carry the resurrection power. We need to go into the cemeteries and get some of those that are using the excuse that have developed the bad habit of forsaking the fellowship. Not forsaking the fellowship of the believers, as is the manner of some. But we need to come together and encourage one another. Encourage one another on a daily basis as we see the day approaching. What is the day they're talking about? Jesus is coming back, y'all. Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back. Jesus is coming back. It's not some myth or, for, or some, some, some uh, fairy tale that we believe. No, Jesus is coming back. And the only reason why you and I have made it this far is because he's at the right hand of the Father interceding on our behalf, praying us through. He sees when, we, when, we, when we've lost our hope. He sees when we're down in the dumps. And he's praying, Father, continue to keep them. Father, preserve them. For you've given them in my hand and you promised me that, that those that have been given in my hand, I won't lose not one of them. We've been called to the business of hope. We've been called to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And some of us pride ourselves in the fact that we've been called to be his hands and his feet, but I want you guys to really understand what happened to the hands and feet of Jesus. It's great that we can go and carry the gospel. It's great that we can go and share our faith with people, but we have to, the only way that we can do that and be effective is to understand that there must be a crucifixion that takes place first. And that crucifixion has to happen with us on a daily basis. Amen? Stand to your feet as we come to a close. I need you guys to understand, listen, that 
just like they said, this is not a platform. This is not a platform. This is an altar. Here at the Building Christian Fellowship, we choose altars over platforms. We choose altars over stages. And so what I need you guys to understand is that with the Building Christian Fellowship being a generational church, a church that will be in this community for generations, that our children's children and their children and, and, and their children's children will have a place of worship called the Building Christian Fellowship. That at this altar, this will be a place where you were, you were birthed, carried, married, and buried. We've been told that the plan that God has for us is not pocket-sized. It's not pretty. It's not something cute that we can just pull out of our pocket and show somebody and then put it back. No, God has called us to something that's a really big deal. And so I know that there's many of us in here today that just as Pastor John was, was describing that we have lost hope. We've been down in the dumps. Like Pastor Kai said, maybe your hope was tied to a job or to a career only for you to find out that, you know what, that, that they, they let me down because you allowed them to hold you up. But let me offer this. I know a savior. I know a mediator. I know a friend who sticks closer than a brother. That if you allow him to hold you up, he will never let you down. I know, I know a savior. I know a king who condescended to wrap himself in flesh and experience every manner of emotion that you've experienced, yet without sin, who conquered sin and the grave so he could give you life and life more abundantly. If you have not received this king that I speak of, his, whose name is Jesus, if you have not received the truth, who is not a thing but is a person, whose name is Jesus, I want to invite you to come to this altar so we can pray with you and you can receive that resurrection life. You can receive the hope that we've been talking about today. Is there anyone in here that's like that? Is there anyone in here that has not entered into a relationship with Jesus Christ? If that's you, I want you to come up here so we can pray with you. Hallelujah. My second petition is this. We're not going to drag this out. But you've been struggling in your hope. You're a believer. You've been struggling in your hope. You've been afraid to share your faith. Maybe you've been antagonistic when it comes to the gospel rather than being known as someone who walks in love and exhibits the character of Christ. Maybe you've just been sitting and being critical and not getting involved, not taking God-honoring risks. I want you to come to the altar so we can pray with you this morning so you can re renew your hope. You can, you can renew your relationship with Christ.
Is there anybody like that? I want you to I want you to come up to the altar. Don't be afraid. Don't be ashamed. It doesn't matter if you've been in the church for five minutes or you've been in the church for 50 years. God is no respecter of persons. Hallelujah. All right, well, let's pray with this life right here. Hallelujah. If there's any intercessors that can come up and agree, hallelujah. Heavenly Father, I thank you. I thank you for your word. I thank you. I thank you that your word has come to meet us right where we're at. I thank you for our sister right here, Lord. I pray that you would just silence every voice of the enemy that would come to her to cause her to doubt. Father, I pray that you would ignite the fire of hope on the inside of her. Father, I pray right now that you would just give her a hunger and a thirst for righteousness, Lord. Lord, right now I speak death to every assignment of the enemy. Father, I pray right now that every agreement with darkness would be broken and utterly destroyed off of her life. Father, I pray right now that you would give her clean hands and a pure heart. Renew a right spirit within her, Father. Father, I pray that you would give her peace in her mind. That her mind would stay on you. That you would keep her in perfect peace. Father, I thank you for ordering her steps. Father, I pray that any windows or any gates or any doors or any portals that have been opened unauthorized that have given the enemy access to her, Father, I pray that they be shut up right now in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray that you would just place a hedge of protection around her. Cover her with your blood, Lord Jesus, from the crown of her head to the soles of her feet. Father, renew her hope. Renew her strength. Renew her faith, Father. Renew her love. Bring her back to her first love, Lord Jesus. Father, I pray right now that a community of believers, Father, would come around her, Father, that she would connect herself to a body of believers, Father, that she would not forsake the fellowship as is the manner of some, but that she would continue on and plant her, her roots in the house of God, that she may flourish, that she may be watered by the word and grow and bear fruit. Father, I thank you for the salvation that you have given her. Renew the joy of her salvation. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. Give God some praise. Hallelujah. Pastor John, Pastor Kai, can you guys come up? Hallelujah. I want to pray for you guys. Um, I don't know if you guys really understand how hard it's been for Pastor John and Kaya over this time that they've been gone, that they've been dealing with, with all the things that they've been dealing with. 
just as hard as it was for them to be away, it's been even uh, more of a challenge for them transitioning back. And I just want to pray over them. And I need you guys to also join in agreement and praying with them that, that this transition back into ministry, active ministry, would, would go as seamless and, and as smooth as possible. Amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you for our pastors. We thank you for Pastor John, Pastor Kaya. We thank you, Father, that you continue to keep them united as one, Father. I thank you right now that you are greater, Lord, that you would show them that you are greater than any challenges that they have come home to. Father, I thank you that you show them that they are, that they are, are still the ones that you chose for the job. Father, that that they will not feel that, that they are out of step or that they have, are out of practice because they've been away, Father, but that, that you have strengthened them in their gifts, in their calling, in their abilities. Father, help them to see that it was a time of rest that you called them to. Even though they were, they were actively, that it was an active rest. Father, I thank you right now that their confidence is greater than ever before. Father, that their strength is greater than ever before, that their faith is greater than ever before, that their vision is clearer than ever before. Father, I thank you for girding them up with strength. Father, I thank you that they are able to see farther than they've ever been able to see before. Father, that you have increased them in wisdom, that you have increased them in knowledge. Father, I thank you for giving them ears that are even more sensitive to hear your voice than they were before. Father, I thank you for giving them dreams. I thank you for giving them visions. And I thank you for a prophetic word in their mouths, Father. Father, I thank you that they operate in an authority that they never operated in before because they know you in a greater and deeper way. Father, I thank you that their conviction is even stronger than it was before. That they would preach the word flat-footed, unadulterated, unhindered. That they would speak with authority, Father. That they would speak and the miraculous would happen. Father, I thank you for leading and guiding them, ordering their steps. And I thank you for the mantle of leaders that you've placed on them, Father. That they are, that they are pastors' pastors. Father, I thank you that they are shepherds after your heart. And I thank you, Father, that they will be conduits of revival in the city of Susun. Father, I declare that whatever they put their hands to will prosper and have good success. So, Father, I pray that you would help them, that as they've been given this new authority, Father, that you would help them to guard their mouths, that they would watch the way that they speak. Father, that they would not speak as what they see in the natural, but that they would speak according to what they see from their heavenly seat. Father, I thank you that their whole household is blessed. I thank you that peace be multiplied in their household. Father, I thank you that, that, that you would shut every door that the enemy has tried to jimmy and get his way into their household right now in the name of Jesus, whether it's through their children, whether it's through a neighbor, wherever, wherever, it, is, wherever it is, Father, I pray that the way be shut in Jesus' name. 
sealed in Jesus' name. That the blood of the Lamb be around every doorpost in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for revival. For revival. That it will start in their home and that it would spill out into their neighborhood, and that it would spill out into the community, Father. I thank you that revival would break forth in their home. Revival would break forth in their marriage. Revival would break forth in their family. That, Father, that just as resurrection works best in cemeteries, Father, I pray that they would, in their private time, Father, bring you their dead. and that they would experience resurrection power. Father, I thank you. I thank you that their testimony is greater than just what we've experienced. It's greater than the heart transplant. That their testimony will go on for generations Lord, I thank you for what you're doing here at the Building Christian Fellowship. I thank you for bringing our pastors back. And Lord, I thank you that we will never be the same. Father, we thank you for what you've done. And we thank you in advance for what you're going to do. We love you. We praise you and we honor you. In the mighty, magnificent, and matchless name of Jesus, we pray. And everybody said amen Amen. and amen. Hallelujah. Give God some praise. Hallelujah. Have you guys, have you guys received hope this morning? So remember, we don't, we don't make a place for hope in our career. We are making our career to unleash hope. We are conduits of hope. We are carriers of resurrection power. So I charge you guys to go out, conquer the rest of your week, and walk in the resurrection power of Jesus Christ. Amen? Now repeat after me as we dismiss. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, my strength, and my Redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Y'all go with God. We'll see you guys next time.